0: really have no idea what it was
1: what's up guys we are live with uh pause for popcorn this is going to be our review of annihilation uh, pause for popcorn is a sporadic uh, semi-monthly uh podcast that we do whenever we feel like it um we basically just talk about movies tv shows uh whatever we feel like um you can catch us live on the twitch channel official sdgc And our shows also get archived on the SDGC YouTube channel, and you can catch us on SoundCloud. Uh, So tonight I've got uh, Matthew Finneman, uh, a.k.a. Finn and Justin, going to be joining me tonight. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Thank you for having me on. Uh, So before we get into the movie, um, we're doing things a little bit differently this week. I figured I'd give kind of a general uh we want to appeal to people that have seen the movie so we'll do like a spoiler cast but um you know it'd also be nice to be able to give our impressions to those who maybe haven't seen it haven't heard of it or are thinking about checking it out uh so annihilation is uh what i guess you would describe as a uh sci-fi slash horror uh movie it's got elements of a few different genres um it's based on a book by the same name of by uh, jeff vandermeer um so it's basically about uh i or five women uh, who end up entering uh, something known as Area X. It's basically uh, a mysterious zone that's popped up uh, on Earth. Um, there's been some people going missing there, Some, uh, without giving too much away to spoil the movie. Uh, basically, they just go in to see what went wrong and do some research, uh, mostly a team of scientists, biologists, uh, researchers, stuff like that. Um, and some really crazy shit happens. Uh, so b- before we get into the spoilery stuff... Um, Maybe I just wanted to go through, everyone, get your kind of spoiler-free impressions, just a couple minutes, your general thoughts on the movie. Uh, Finn, uh, why don't you go first, since you're kind of the guest here? Okay. Um, Well, first of all,
2: I kind of went in on this movie completely blank. I knew nothing about it. I hadn't even seen a trailer. I knew Natalie Portman was in it because she was on SNL. And I had read the story about how this movie... Universal, I think it's Universal, had no faith in it, and so it was going to have a very limited theatrical run, and then a bunch of reviews started popping up, and they were like, this was amazing. And I was like, you know what? Cool. I'll go support this. And so Saki and I went to see it, and man, we just really enjoyed it. It was, uh, I, I think it's so rare for me to go into a movie knowing nothing about it, that it was so refreshing to have no idea what was in store for me. Uh, visually incredibly inventive. I love the cast. Um, as someone who gets scared easily by jump scares, it was just the right amount. Um, and and that ending just leaves you, like, thinking. It, uh, it, it's, it's a deep movie, and it, you have to sit and, like, ruminate with it for a bit. But all in all, I really enjoyed my time with it, and that is all I'll say before I accidentally get into spoilers.
1: <laughs> Justin?
3: Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, I've, I've been a big fan of Alex Garland's for a while, so... I was always on board for, you know, whatever he was doing next. Um, and I always kind of go out of my way to support, like, these kind of um, independent sci-fi movies and stuff whenever, whenever I get the chance. Um, so I, I was really pumped going into it. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting the way the movie panned out to be. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like, the trailers, like, really kind of tried to make it seem like it was almost an action movie or something, and it really is not. Um, it is a very heady, slow-burn sci-fi movie. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I can't really say too much without going into yeah, actual sure. details see, um, you about guys it, both but really it. I think, um, but I think, uh, the thing that best sums it up is, usually when I go to see a movie, it's usually just me and my roommate that stick around through the credits, we just kind of started doing that for a while, not just for post movies with post credit stuff, but we just, you know, reflect for a few minutes when we go through it, and usually we're the only ones left. And this was, like, a rare movie where, like, the audience was dead silent and everybody just kind of sat there all the way through the credits. And I've only seen that happen once before, um, and that was when I saw Children of Men. Um,
1: I was going to say that that can go two ways. It either means the movie was a thinker or it was no, every,
3: everybody was just kind of, like, in, like, stunned silence, yeah. like, credits. It was, it was, it was really cool because, like, a lot of times movies like this, I feel sometimes, like, the crowds can be really bad. For them, and it was like it was just a really, really cool moment where it's like, oh, everybody in here loved it. Um, so yeah, that's all I'll say for now before we get in deep to it.
1: Yeah, um, I really uh, like. Can, it. I,
2: can I just say one thing yeah, real sure. quick? Uh, and this has nothing to do with the movie. It's more just you, Justin. Uh, love your Baby Driver and Logan posters. I just oh yeah, those uh, are actually
3: oh, those are actually my roommates. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I have oh, fine. Never mind. I have. I have both of those posters. This one I got for him last year because we went to the IMAX Premiere of Logan, and I got one of the posters, and he did not and I felt bad so i I found a I, I found a big print of it, and he um, and gave that to him, so that was what, what I got for him and Then I also have a super sized baby driver poster that i don 't know what to do with like it 's like a full size theater one. So we just went with having the regular one here in the living room. Awesome.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with those. Um, yeah, I love the movie. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say I really liked it. I'm not – I think I like still need to sit on it for a while before I can say I loved it. I didn't That's know – I went in completely blind. I hadn't even seen a trailer. I hadn't seen a commercial. Uh, I didn't know it was even based on a book until probably a week before. Like, I didn't even hear about the movie until people started talking about it, uh, like right when reviews started coming out. So – Um, You know, obviously it didn't get a big marketing push, but I thought it was very good. I will admit um, it didn't have me during the first half of the movie. Um, I'm not sure still exactly what it was. I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with the pacing. I'm fine with the slow burn. Um, I just felt like I wasn't totally hooked or sold on it uh, until some of the more interesting stuff it did in the later half. But, um, yeah, it was definitely unlike anything i've seen at least and if if not in a long time if ever uh it was a weird like you mentioned justin that the trailer for it kind of sold as an action movie and i was thinking to myself like i don't even know how they would sell this in a trailer because i don't think any you can't fit it into any real mold like if if you show it as it is it would look like a mess in the trailer like
3: yeah, the the, trail, the trailers, thankfully, they didn't really give much away. Mm-hmm. They show some of the visual stuff, but, like, out of context, it doesn't really quite resonate as much as it does in the movie. But, like, it just made sure it showed every shot of one of them holding a gun that they could possibly <laughs> fit in. Yeah. Um, the one scene with
2: Natalie Portman actually using said gun.
3: Yeah, like, just when she's, like, the, the one time she fires it in the whole movie. Yeah, the guns do not get fired a lot in this movie. <laughs> no, they just like they have them because it makes sense because yeah. they're going to a dangerous area and they don't know what to expect. And they're with like a military group. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, but the, the, second half of the movie, I loved it. did some, uh, interesting, unexpected things, especially for a movie that obviously has like a, you know, not a huge budget, but a decent sized budget. You just don't see, um, films like this a lot. Like it goes very art house at the end. Uh, yeah, it does. The, yes. uh, the, the interpretive dance stuff, which I won't spoil was, uh, <laughs> was uh, really cool, actually, to see. So, uh, you know, we can't really talk too much further without uh, going into spoilers. So uh, all three of us really liked it. Um, you know, obviously, if you guys want to listen to our opinions, you should at least check it out. Give it a chance. Uh, it's out in theaters for a short amount of time, probably in North America. And I believe it's hitting Netflix internationally very, very soon.
3: Um, I think it's this week. I think it's okay. like the seventeenth. Uh, I think it's like the end of the week. I think it's like yeah. Friday or something. I think it hits internationally on Netflix. Yeah. Um so um, yeah, if you're if you're not in the US or Canada, um and you like it should be real easy to get um to check this movie out and I, I highly recommend it. For Especially sure. if it's just on Netflix and you know, just want to throw it on. Uh
1: so we'll get into we're gonna do do our structure a little bit differently. Um I think how we're going to roll with Paws for Popcorn moving forward is, uh, you know, most movie reviews, they just talk about the film, kind of very general, like what was good, what was bad. Uh, I don't want to do that. We're going to break it into three categories. So we're going to have uh, our premise, our aesthetic, and execution. And what this does is this lets us, uh, not just for Annihilation, but, uh, you know, other movies, shows, stuff like that moving forward, is uh, we can recognize the things that the movies do well, because there's movies that maybe... Uh, just not everything comes together, but it doesn't mean that they don't have redeeming qualities. Um, so, you know, with that said, let's talk about the premise of this film. Uh, kind of, you know, what it's about, the ideas it's got, the themes going on. Um, you know, so obviously, first off, the uh, the setting is uh, basically all takes place in, would you call it a forest or a jungle? Well,
0: it's in Florida, so it's a marsh.
3: Boom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a swampland area.
0: So I <laughs> guess this is his home, home so
3: for you know. guys. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Do you want to yeah, technical? Yeah, marshland. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like for the end of the world. It's it's got a like the way it presents itself. Um, I found it really interesting how it doesn't. I'm not. I'm not explaining myself very well. Um, Maybe one of you guys can start off. What do you think? Like the just the the setting of the movie,
3: Justin? Uh well, yeah. The s- setting was really cool. Like I loved how they really kind of took the. Oh, sorry. Are we clear to go ahead with the spoilery stuff yeah, so at this point? Chris, okay, just so everyone's clear. All right. We're moving. Into so a- after territory. that, like after just the kind of general impressions, we're good. All mm-hmm. right. Um, I I thought it was um. You know, really neat how they kind of took kind of like that, you know, overgrown post-apocalyptic-esque, you know, aesthetic that we've seen in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, mixed that into, you know, the wildlife that was there and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get like the sense of like nature reclaiming not only, you know, like the human structures that were there, Mm -hmm. um, but also the wildlife and stuff, too, which is really cool. Um, like I hate it was to big, make
1: I hate to make crude video game comparisons, uh, but um, I really did get some Last of Us vibes from he, the he mix of nature and yeah.
3: humanity. Alex Garland actually did say that Last of Us was okay. a big influence on him like, yeah. for this yes. movie. He's uh, actually he worked at Ninja Theory for a while, like, oh. and he's a big video game fan. Yeah, he worked on and I think yeah. a little bit of did some of the art design stuff for, like, DMC or something.
1: Mm-hmm. He's actually um, a credited writer on Enslaved, uh, which I didn't yeah. know until I started digging into this movie, so that's cool. Uh, but, yeah, like, the part where the guy is just, like, plastered up, uh, kind of the guy who gets split in half plastered up, I was like, man, this yeah. is,
3: like... That was kind of the point where the movie went from being, like... I was, like, on board and enjoying it, but that was kind of the point where I'm like, okay, this movie is going places. When you see this guy that clearly, like, exploded, <laughs> that was just, like, all, like... Flowers and mushrooms all the way up a wall. Like it, he was, he was in the pool, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he'd been to the pool, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I thought that that stuff was great, and like I loved the whole um, rainbow shimmer within within the actual area of the shimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime the light catches, there's that prismatic effect on everything, um, and it really kind of sold the whole like dreamlike. Yeah, nature that area like, and um, it also bit uh, reminded me a bit of the like slow mo stuff in Dread, Mm -hmm. um, from a few years back, which actually it was just recently revealed that Alex Garland actually directed that, not the uh, guy that um is credited as the director for it. Um, so that's (laughs) that was that was kind of an interesting thing because like that was what I thought of when I saw it, and then I. You know, saw the article. It's like, oh, Al Carland actually directed Dread. It's like that makes sense. One
1: thing
2: um, that I
3: was
1: I was looking for. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught. Uh, I know that Oscar Isaac's character uh, mentions God at one point. Um, seemed like he was religious. He uh,
3: yeah. There bit, was a couple. There was a couple like oblique references to him. Yeah, being religious.
1: and I I was kind of looking to see like was there any religious subtext in the movie? It, if there was, I didn't feel like it was very obvious. I was kind of looking for it. And I didn't really get it. That's not, like, a criticism, obviously. I'm just, did you guys pick anything up? Uh, You know, because a lot of times we get extraterrestrial, um, you know, alien uh, films. There is some sort of commentary there. But I didn't really get that.
2: I didn't either, unless you want to count uh, the creature at the end as, like, a blank slate template Mm -hmm. ad type creature. But overall, I did not... I think it was just Kane's character was religious and not that there was religious overtones or Yeah, I think
3: that was just, yeah, I think that was just, like, a general character trait motivation thing. I I didn't feel Mm -hmm. it play in heavily into the movie at all.
1: Maybe just another, um, you know, like, line kind of, Natalie Portman's very scientific, and, uh, you know, if he's religious, that might be, again, just, you know, their relationship's obviously a little rocky. Um, That could just be another element of that yeah um, um, yep yeah. talking Saki about the funny. sorry <laughs> the, go ahead
0: um, it could have been just a very hostile garden of eden that we're just starting over oh that's
1: the, true mm-hmm. um there is elements of creation in there for sure My, uh yeah.
2: I, I love this setting just because the merging of flora and fauna and how it was really just showing this uh the deer i love the deer the deer is such an underrated uh quick shot of the movie seeing how the deer merged with the flora with the flora but mm-hmm. i like seeing the trajectory evolution took within the biosphere mm-hmm. and how everything got shifted just a little bit it made it it, it was partly responsible for the incredible visuals and the invented inventiveness of it but also the way it played with the concept of evolution, because within the biosphere, everything started merging with everything around it. And between, like, the people and the animals and the plants and the fungi, it just was such a unique setting that I've never seen before in a movie.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, I just blanked out on what I was going to say. Um, oh, I loved, like, how it kind of combined, like, some of these, like, really aesthetically beautiful images and also made them really haunting like when they come over when they come through that one um like the set of trees and they come up on that whole um that town and all the people are the branches and flowers <laughs> and leaves like really cool. oh it's such a creepy but also gorgeous like shot um in that town <laughs> um, now-
2: were we supposed to believe that they were all actually people? Because I was—we thought that they were evacuated, and that was just the residual effects of the plants growing.
0: But then it, Gina Rodriguez's character dies, right. and Becomes them. Well, not Gina.
3: Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was Tessa, we talking... well, it was Tessa Thomas's character.
1: Yeah, was it? Tessa uh, Thomas's character. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about well, maybe we'll. <clears throat> I guess we could talk about that now. Yeah, so she walks away. But I didn't quite see, like, was it clear that she became one of them? Or I thought she just kind of vanished.
3: It, it's, it's ambiguous. She could have yeah. she could have become one of them or vanished. Like, that's why, like, I think she said she doesn't know wh- exactly what happened to her at the beginning. Because I she's think getting- initially
1: they had a conversation. They said that the plants had taken the form of people. Uh, right. Like the roots. They actually explicitly said, like, these are plants. They're not people. Um, but they've kind of taken some of our DNA so they, their branches have formed our limbs and our, uh, you know, they, they've taken on the human structure, um, but they're still yeah. biologically it, a plant. But then they, they cast doubt into that when she... She's
0: sprouting stuff from the yeah, cut. Yeah, okay.
2: Which I thought was, again, a gorgeous visual when you mm-hmm. see the mm-hmm. roots inside of her uh, emerging from her scars. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one thing I want to talk about, I guess we're, um, jumping to the end of the movie if you guys have some other, uh, you know, ideas or something you wanted to bring up, but, uh, I want to talk a bit about the alien, um, if that's what we're going to call it, an alien, the shimmer, what do you... I
3: think that's fair. Yeah. The, the alien, I think, is the most fair <laughs> thing to call it, like... It's the easiest thing.
1: Um, <laughs> I was unclear on a couple of things, I don't know if it's meant to be this ambiguous, uh, so at the end, uh, she, you know, climbs into the hole and finds, um... Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character there, uh, Ventress. Um, At that point, is she just is that the alien just in her form? Because then it kind of forms into that light and then clones Natalie Portman.
3: I think that was the alien. Um, So yeah, because because you can't see. Because like when when she's like talking and stuff first, like her mouth is like all like. It's like, like Matrix style. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, like, it's like grown over. So I thought that was the alien, like, just yeah. like in the process of taking that form.
2: Okay. And then when Natalie Portman's blood dropped into it, that's okay. when it took yeah. her form.
1: Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I, this is something I need your guys' help with. Uh, I was sitting in the theater, like, I love the scene where it's mimicking her movements, trying to figure her out. What's uh-huh. your take on this? Is it hostile at this point? It doesn't seem hostile. It seems curious to me, but I, I want to hear what you guys think. What, What's going on in that scene?
3: That I loved because, like, it it really didn't seem... Like, it seems like it's attacking her at first, then you kind of realize what's going on. It's just mirroring her. Um, like, it really is just... It just seems curious in a way that also doesn't quite match up with, like, how a human would be curious um about it like it it's curious in an alien manner which i thought was really kind of neat um and uh oh and i i looked it up and the actress that was wearing um the suit for it was the one that played the um member of her, the student in her class earlier in the movie that she was talking to coming down the stairs
1: oh okay
3: um, after that first scene and she's also the like dancing Made robot from Ex Machina.
2: That makes sense.
3: <laughs> so, um, so that that was pretty. That was kind of a cool thing. But yeah, like the alien, um, like it was it was fascinating because it it's bizarre, yeah. um, and like you usually don't get to see like in modern movies like aliens mm-hmm. being that strange.
1: Mm-hmm. Finn,
2: uh, I. It's the one thing it's so hard to to just break it down because it is so ambiguous it's almost left up to the person, but I took it as uh it it had just gotten its DNA and it was almost as if it was an infant, and all it can do is mirror and it's trying to learn from Natalie Portman. I don't think it was hostile mm-hmm. i don't because the only thing it it did the the most hostile thing was when it was pressing Natalie Portman up against the wall, mm-hmm. but that because Natalie Portman ran forward and stopped at the door to open and it crashed into her. It wasn't attacking her. It was just kind of pressing. So I think I saw someone mention it as a, she was being attacked by her own humanity. Mm-hmm. Which right. I was like, Ooh,
1: that that's a heady thought that I hadn't even considered. I don't know. And you know, maybe, maybe, um, yeah. So the way I took it was, uh, I agree. It's not hostile. And they say in the movie, they're not trying to destroy uh, they 're trying to create like that 's what it wants to do it 's creating something new, and I think you know becoming like in touch with these humans that when it presses up against her uh, maybe that 's the first time it 's experiencing touch or contact or um, right you know like it 's just coming to terms with all these different things you know like sight uh, hearing it 's taking human form it 's not just declared whether or not it has our senses as well, but I think it 's certainly um, possible that it does, you know, especially... <laughs> we'll get into the ending in a bit, but... Uh, just,
0: well, and the other thing, too, that I never thought about is if um, whatever his name was, was one of those figures. Was there some kind of collective consciousness between Natalie Portman's mm-hmm. humanoid and his humanoid, or was it really independent and it was really an infant, or was it just trying to figure out this one person?
2: I... I- Took that as a, they were independent because the one that took over Oscar Isaac's mm-hmm. uh, character got out, got out, and this one mm. that took out Corbin's DNA was completely blank. So mm. I, I obviously there's more than one of these creatures, but it uh it it kind of implants or in, imprints on whoever they come across, and mm. that guides mm. them because it left and searched out Natalie Portman's character only because Oscar Isaac's last yeah. words were "Find Lena.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that kind of became its mission. It, when and it, it searched at it the beginning, it didn't know why it was there. It didn't even know who she was. He just was like, I had to
3: come. And it sounded like it had like visions of his memories or something, because he's like, oh, I recognized this door, and I went through it, and I was mm-hmm. here. Exactly. Um,
1: yeah, I, that, again, I just need to, it, it's, I've taken so much time to process that I saw it two days ago, and it's still, Um, it, it like, it is a tough thing to break down uh, definitively, right, because there's so many different ways uh, that you can interpret it, but, um, so, I guess, if we're going to talk about the ending, then, uh, you know, Oscar Isaac's character, uh, that was clearly one of the, if we call him the, the aliens, um, the shimmer in Natalie Portman's eyes, which was basically, like, the final shot. Um, you know, I guess that is meant to imply that she still has some sort of mutation. Um, what my friend thought, which I'm not sold on, um, but is an interesting thing to consider is that, uh, it was actually another one of the aliens that got out. And since it's the one telling the story, it's kind of like, could be an unreliable narrator.
3: I I don't think it is because we pretty definitively see her kill it. Like, the one that was trying to mm-hmm. beat her with the like, um, the thermite grenade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I assumed it was just, like, general transference, cause, especially because that thing was yeah. pressing right up against her. Oh, okay. um, and She was in such close proximity to, to it for a while. Mm-hmm. I just assumed it was kind of some of the, like, because everything's, you know, DNA was mixing within the Shimmer, mm-hmm. and she was in such close proximity to it. I think it was just her kind of absorbing and Right. Yeah, exactly. Becoming something else based off of that.
0: You already know she was mutating when she took the blood sample and put it under right. the Yeah. Mic. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. so I think it is Natalie Portman,
2: but she to be, she's the first person to actually get out that mm-hmm. was human. Mm-hmm. And so I think she took with her the shimmer that was inside of her because, as we know, everyone that walked in mm-hmm. got mutated. In different ways, Tessa's character got the plants inside of her and who knows what happens to Natalie Portman? But I think she's still Natalie Portman's character, but not fully. Mm-hmm. She's
3: been mutated.
0: But then is that she's why something new? Like it's like, recognize that shimmer in her because that was his whole thing. He's like, "You're not human." Because yeah. like when she actually met up with him afterwards, I think that's why people think that she could be the other humanoid and not actually Natalie Portman. Hmm.
1: Uh, well, I guess. Well, if you do, you guys have anything else you want to talk about in terms of like the the big ideas, the big plot points before we move on to the aesthetic? I we can circle back. It's fine if if something comes up. It's not a big deal. Um, I, I like uh, I like the, the the
2: narrative framing device they used with it being like a post interview.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool.
2: I just I just always digged it. But no, I'm good.
3: Um, I'm good. So we,
1: we talked a bit about the visuals uh, because they're tied so closely in with the setting. Um, did you guys want to elaborate a little bit more? I agree with what Justin said. Like the uh, the illusion of it, uh, I guess not illusion. Like the appearance of it is very dreamlike. It's a, got a very soft uh, glow to it. I notice a lot of shots. It seems like the sun or the moon is always very low on the horizon, um, and it creates a really nice effect. Uh, it, you know, it always feels like it's either dawn or dusk, um, and it's just yeah, like it does feel otherworldly even though it takes place in florida um i just loved the the visual design especially some of the animals some of the creatures um you know the lighthouse at the ending it was almost very uh hr giger-esque in some of the design in the uh the roots and stuff that take over the lighthouse and then the whatever you want to call it the lair uh that it's kind of formed there uh, but like sound music uh the score was really good like I yeah thought, the, mu-
3: the music was was excellent
1: i thought the movie was very quiet i thought it was just my theater but i then i realized it's because they needed such a contrast because at the end the whole the walls were shaking
3: yeah uh, oh
1: yeah when it reaches that crescendo that yeah way.
3: it's just it just builds and, and it it explodes the at the end so good. Mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah i mean cut loose guys feel free what were your thoughts
3: We we covered a lot of yeah. what I was going to say on this because it's so closely related to the last topic.
2: Um, I mean, there's not much more I can say that he didn't say. Just one of the coolest per- persistent uh, effects was that once they entered the shimmer, it was always kind of there. You never noticed it. It never took your focus away from what was happening on screen, but mm-hmm. every shot had, like, I guess the best way to put it would be like a filter. It was like if the whole movie had a Snapchat filter that was shimmer.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the that prismatic effect over everything. was yeah. really cool. Which I, I thought
1: was just really well done. Uh, um, here's, here's something we can talk about, the gore. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean uh I'm pretty desensitized. I play, you know, a lot of games. I watch Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, you know, I've seen people's intestines get ripped out by zombies, but some of this stuff was like yeah. yeah, the the scene yeah. with the bear
2: was the
0: Four thing. That was when I turned to him. I'm like, this is R rated, isn't it? We, <laughs> <laughs>
2: because we hadn't actually noticed if it was PG thirteen or R until that one <laughs> over. were Like, oh, that's a hard R. R it is, yeah. That yeah. and the uh, the the scene from the video camera.
0: Oh, God. and oh, I, like,
2: the reason baby. those moments were so effective was because none of the rest of the movie had moments like that. Yeah, and yeah, so like... when they hit you. They were so out of place that they were jarring.
1: Yeah. Which I think is how it's supposed to be. A lot of movies, especially horror movies now, you know, they, the saying less is more, but it, it's true that, uh, you know, not bombarding the viewer with that constantly when you get those moments where it just escalates like that, uh, you know, whether it's them cutting into the guy or the... Yeah, the one in the house, I guess there's two parts with the bear, right? There's the one where they find her in the forest with her vocal cords ripped out, but the house one, to me, was like...
3: The the house is what I was talking about, when they actually are like face-to-face with that thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the the makeup (laughs) was really good. For most people that see
2: this movie, I think that bear scene in the house will be the (laughs) moment that sticks with people the most. Mm
0: -hmm. Because it's having a screen, that's 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 why. That's
2: the big water
3: moment. when you when you see it like in between them tied to the chair like mimicking the sound, the scream of their friend like yes
1: like mm-hmm. that scene is just I can still hear it like, it's horrible
3: yeah it, it, oh, that scene was so good <laughs> um
2: there uh, it's not it wasn't Last of Us but there was another game that had like a mutated bear in it that was.
3: It was in the Days Gone E3 demo last year. There was a zombie bear. That was it. <laughs> that was
2: it. Okay. I knew that it was coming in something, but I couldn't remember what.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's Days Gone that's doing, like, zombie animals.
1: Okay, okay, cool. Um, well, I guess, yeah, we I, uh, touched on a lot of the aesthetic parts, I guess, in the setting and the the premise and stuff like that. So, the you know, the last kind of topic I want to touch on is uh, execution, which is what we'll call, like, you know, pacing, direction, performances, uh and justin maybe you can go first what do you think overall of the direction of the movie and the performances from
3: uh you know the actresses yeah yeah i thought i thought all that stuff was great i i really liked the pacing um i i kind of had a different response to it due, to you um for the first half um although i did know a little bit about the movie um going in um but like the first half i felt like it almost felt you know kind of like just a standard almost not almost kind of like a uh like a csi-esque show almost mm-hmm. with them you know just trying to gather information and there was a lot of stuff about um natalie Portman's character and oscar isaac's character like on a personal level like their relationship um and stuff before it really turned up the um you know the
1: yeah alien stuff um I think that stuff is what didn't work for me, but I, I can't yeah. explain why it was every time there was a flashback, I kind of got, uh, not bored, but I just, I wasn't sold on <laughs> yeah. the relationship. I like, I didn't
3: feel a like, connection with them. See, I, I was actually like, like the scenes where they're kind of together, like I thought those scenes were like surprisingly like naturalistic looking, like the one point where he's Like, putting on his boots because he got called a day early, and she's just like, why aren't you here? And, like, taps on the bed and stuff. There was a lot of, like, really, you know, kind of real moments between the two of them when they had the flashbacks that I really liked. Um, And, like, I thought all the characters were pretty likable, except for um, the one that was in charge of the whole Area X operation, but uh, I think Ventress. she was kind of not supposed to... Yeah, oh, Ventress. She, yeah. she wasn't really supposed to be likable. Like, she nailed the performance yeah. that she was supposed that, to get.
1: That was another weird one, where especially because she's in the movie so much at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Maybe that was... And it, I don't want to
3: say it's a bad performance or bad... Like, yeah, no, it was... A, it it was she's not her. a likable character, but it was a good performance she's as that She just got character. such a
1: monotone delivery, like, a, like she just does not give a shit
3: about anything. Well, I haven't seen many people, like, kind of pull that... Kind of, because I met people like that. I haven't yeah. really seen like you know that pulled off in a movie <laughs> before. So like I thought that was kind of cool because that was impressive in its own right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Finn, how about you?
0: You want to tag this together?
1: Uh, but <laughs> Either one. Of
0: you, yeah. you
2: know, I think the weakest part was the uh, the flashbacks to try and uh, sell us on the fact her infidelity and that aspect of the relationship to try and shake up the fact that it was supposed to be a great love, and then we find the cracks in her facade. I mean, I get it. It helped push her character beyond a 2D scientist, I want to save my husband type of scenario.
0: I thought it was more important to distinguish between them and the shimmer. Like, we got to see their human relationship, and then we get to see it deteriorate. Why they each go in. He left because the relationship was ending, and then he comes back from the shimmer. She comes back Mm -hmm. from the shimmer together. And that you almost get a contrast where they become a team again.
1: So he left because it was, you know, the relationship was crumbling. She left to actually save their relationship or to save him.
0: Right. And then they both come out of the shimmer unsure of what the hell's actually happened. We have Shimmer Kane, and we have mm-hmm. Half Shimmer Portman.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's not clear, uh, even though it's Shimmer Kane, that the alien, uh, you know, he's obviously got some of his memories, perhaps some of his emotions, you know, the amount of connection he has to her, obviously, the, goes in for the hug at the end. Um,
0: yeah, uh, that's... So, I think it's a better contrast to past them and current them as opposed to the nature of their relationship.
2: Well, look at you being deeper than I am. uh.
0: (laughs) I I like that take on a lot, actually. The actual execution, I
2: thought the pacing of the movie was really well done uh, in the sense that it built itself up so that when consequences happened, because you know at the beginning when she's mentioning what happened to the members of the team that something's going to happen but it's done in such a slow burn that you almost forgot that these people are not going to make it. And so when the, when it, the story beats actually happened, I thought it was very well paced. I never, for me personally, pacing in a movie means, do I ever check my watch and go, how long is this movie? If I am in the film and I don't even notice how long it is, mm-hmm. then to mm-hmm. me, that's good. And, that's what Annihilation provided.
0: And I think the one thing that I really liked about this movie is that Natalie Portman is obviously the main character in this, but there were no real minor characters, maybe except for the guy interviewing her, but that was just the narrative mechanism. Right. And I was like, Benedict Wong. Every single actress in there that's in The Shimmer with her, you are emotionally invested, and it's a well-rounded character. It's just not some kind of, oh, we're part of Natalie Portman's crew, and we're going to go yeah. hunting The Shimmer. You actually had very brief backstory as to why they all went into the shimmer which made them relatable Mm -hmm. and kind of well-rounded
3: yeah like i i love i loved how they gave the backstories of just like sometimes it was only like one or two lines that came up about each of those characters but like you could see how that influenced all their decisions even within the shimmer and everything so like um yeah, I, 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 I love that
2: aspect like, of it. Even when you realize Gina Rodriguez's character
1: was in love with uh, the one that died first.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I yeah I agree with uh, everything you guys said. Um, the Yeah, the direction was outstanding. Um, and the, the slow build, uh, like my complaints with the first half aside, again, I think that's just personal. Um, I don't want it, anyone to think that's necessarily a criticism of the movie um but it's yeah that ending is just something that's gonna stick with me for a long time and it's funny like i have to stop myself from going in because apparently there's like two more books are they out already so is there
3: yeah i think all three books are out i think it differs from i think there's three books though yeah i i read it's a different story i think the ending is actually quite different um and i think um he kind of said he adapted the book based off of his memory of the book. He mm-hmm. only read it once, mm-hmm. and he kind of wanted it to be a loose adaptation of, like, what he remembered from it, which is kind of an interesting approach to huh. you know, doing a movie.
2: Okay. Hmm. Well, I should uh, attention more to what directors say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, it's and you know again, it's worth. I,
2: I
3: looked up a few things for. for this, oh wow, uh, Mitty
2: this just said in chat that all three books were released in 2014. He was going for a Netflix-style release. Binge reading—that's an interesting approach. Oh wow,
0: that's
3: that's really cool. Yeah, hey, uh, someone should someone should send that to George R.R.
1: Martin. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was say, yeah, <laughs> we're never getting those books. Yeah,
1: thankfully, I never read them. I only watched the show. I Um, kinda I I stopped watching the show
3: because I didn't want the books to get spoiled by the show. I'm still waiting on books. Well,
1: I wish you all the luck in the world, sir. (laughs) But yeah, you're not getting those books. No. Um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up?
2: Go
0: see it.
1: If you haven't seen it, see it.
2: It's just even if it's not your style and you're more of an action junkie, because that's Tech, really, what I go for—I like more action movies. I am your generic, mainstream audience when it comes to films, mm-hmm. but this is worth a shot. Go, go, give it a, give it a go.
3: Justin, anything else? Yeah, for see, you? see, it, and if you can see it in theaters before it's yes. gone, which it probably won't be around okay. for very long, um, I, understand. I recommend it for that. That lasts like twenty minutes, like with the way the audio. Um, syncs with the visuals and everything. It's a really, really nice theater experience. um, And it's not a 3D. Yeah, but I I feel kind of bad that so many people are going to have to watch it on Netflix um, for that reason. But if you have a good sound system, crank it. If if
1: you're going to watch this on Netflix, (laughs) please don't watch it on your phone. Uh, Try not to watch it on your computer. Watch it on a TV with some decent sound. Yeah, Uh, hopefully by the time
2: you see it, you have 4K TV or something, and there's streaming options. I don't know.
1: But see it. Well, uh, before, <laughs> we, before we wrap <laughs> up, I uh, want to do one more segment. Um, this will be our recommendations portion of the show. So basically each of us is just going to pitch uh, either a film or show that we've seen um, and just, you know, make a recommendation. So uh, I watched uh, about a week ago a movie called Lion uh, from 2016. That's about um, a young child from India that kind of loses his family, gets adopted. Uh, by an Australian family, and then begins a search to try and find them with the aid of technology because things come so far in the last uh, you know 20 years or whatever. Um, so you can use Google Earth uh, and stuff like that to actually try. Because he can't remember the name of the town he was from, even um, different languages, and how he speaks English. And it's just a really powerful movie. Yeah, it's Dev Patel, who was in um, Slumdog Millionaire as well. And uh, sorry, I can't remember the director off the top of my head, but uh, it's. Yeah, that's a, a emotional, powerful, and very relevant movie, especially, you know, when we talk about all the immigration policies and stuff in the world right now. Um it's a very good case of uh the life that you can give someone um that may not have one otherwise. Um Justin, did you have anything you've seen recently you want to pimp out? Um,
3: actually, another um I think I talked to uh, you about this a little bit after the last episode. Um, the Ritual on Netflix is it's a Netflix original movie. Um, it's very cool. Like the first half of it, kind of seems like you know standard like Blair Witch esque Lost in the Woods um, horror movie, but it it really really builds in the last half, um, and it has some really really cool creature design, which I recommend you do not look up before you see the movie because um, those reveals are really cool moments. Um, I'm, I'm big on monster design and stuff in movies, so um, that was something that really appealed to me. But yeah, like, keep going, because the first half isn't great, but the second half is really, really neat.
1: Hmm. Matthew Finneman. Yes. I'm
2: going to uh, go a different route. You guys drop some fine cinematic examples. I'm going to go to the TV because it's the show I just got into, and I find it absolutely just endearing. It's uh, the new comedy, AP Bio, with Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny and Pat Oswalt. Oh, okay.
3: I like that. Uh, I've been wanting to check it out. Um... It's, uh, if I had,
2: I, I, I try and find one comedy show per year, per season, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I then recommend as my favorite of that year, like last year was going to be what she's going to say, so I won't say it, and... You know, it's like Brooklyn Nine-Nine was its standout that year and stuff like that. But AP Bio, it's only five episodes in, but it is hilarious in its depiction of a completely irredeemable character that you still want to root for. <laughs> and the cast of kids that they got are all unknowns. So you're not distracted by, like, oh, where do I know them from? But they all play awkward AP Bio students. You perfect. And the, it's just, its it's multiple times per episode, I audibly laughed out loud. Uh, I, it wasn't like I typed LOL and it was really just a smirk. I actually <laughs> guffawed at one point.
0: <laughs> and I'm going to pitch The Good Place.
1: Because it's real good.
0: It's real good.
1: I've, yeah, I hear about that show all you the time.
0: Know. You need to just take the time and binge watch the first two seasons and pray to God that we're going to get a third because... <laughs> is it on in the air? The initial premise if it, you're like, ah, is it fine? And then they just pivot and hit you with plot twists and you're like, oh my god, everything they're doing is making the show infinitely better. And Kristen Bell is, of course, delightful. And then like, the, every single cast member, known or unknown, delightful. Even though they make a crap ton of Florida jokes and I feel personally attacked.
2: Everything. <laughs> um, um, to, to, to sell you on it jeff it's a very short show 13 okay. episodes, seasons 20 episodes uh, 20 minutes each mm-hmm. you can knock it out real quick
1: okay i mean that's yeah I, I, the way i do work <laughs> with shows is i always have something heavy on the go and then i need something light to kind of well there you go knock, so okay it's great uh, it's the kind
2: of show that ends each episode with that cliffhanger that makes you go like all right i think i can j- justify this one more before <laughs> bed and then you're done
1: perfect
3: yeah, Good Places on my list next after we finish barreling through several of the Netflix Marvel shows because we got behind and we got to catch up for Jessica Jones season yeah, two. We, we, oh,
1: man. My TV just, list is just out of control. I just I, watched I, we, we just, like
3: last year, we, so I'm playing. Oh, cool. <laughs> we, <laughs> we just finished Iron Fist, so. Oh, Sorry. You poor yeah, it, it, took us a, it took us a while to get through. Um,
2: it, that one hurts because Iron Fist is my favorite Marvel character. And that was the one I was most excited about when they first even announced the Netflix shows. They were like, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. I was like, Iron Fist!
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and somehow like, the show so about I'm the martial good. artist gets the worst choreography of all of them. And just yells at people that he is <laughs>
3: Iron Fist at all times. Who is he? <laughs> and, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and Colleen is way cooler than yes. Iron Fist ever
2: <laughs> uh, Anyway,
1: I'm out. Oh, <laughs> Alright, well, uh, thanks guys for being on the show. Um, thank you, anyone who watched or listened to this. Uh, you should catch Annihilation in theaters if you can. If not, uh, as soon as it hits Netflix, you should do that. Um, let us know what you think. You can catch us uh, live on TV slash official SDGC whenever we are live. Uh, like I said, this will be maybe a monthly show. We'll tweet out beforehand, give you guys a little bit of notice before we're going to have another episode. Uh, give you a chance to you know, watch or see the movie whatever we're going to be talking about um, as always Justin is my co-host and we've got a kind of rotating third chair uh, Matt and Caitlin we'd be happy to have you guys on again anytime uh, Saki cameo we'll see we gotta ease into the oh no <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've yeah. unleashed oh, no. Saki <laughs> hello Saki oh. <laughs> All right. uh, we'll call it a night there uh, thanks for listening guys and have a good night all right bye
0: guys did your husband contact you at any point while he was away no it was his decision to go in why did my husband volunteer for a suicide mission you have to tell me where he was what he was doing See